all you Mets scene folks. This is the converted Mets fan, Sam Maxwell, and you are here with a Mets scene podcast. And uh, without further ado, let's get right into our uh, Yankee preview. Uh, we're coming off of a series win against the Rockies and uh, heading to the Bronx for a couple games uh, against the uh, first-place Yankees, who are currently tied for first place. We have a special Yankee fan guest on our podcast tonight, um, and and he is a, a good friend of mine from Hell's Kitchen. But be, uh, before I bring him, I just want to say hello to uh, my uh, uh, co-conspirator of a Mexican podcast, and that is Mike Lillian. How are you doing, Mike? Hello, sir. Still battling the cold, but otherwise I'm well. Well, I, I have to say, it's fitting that I'm going over the George Washington Bridge right now because Mets and Yankees, of course, is all about New York. And without further ado, let's bring on Neil Hagstrom. Uh, I know Neil from Rudy's Bar and Grill. And before we get into uh, the Yankees, uh, just give a little uh, shameless plug, Neil, for uh, your uh, your bar. Oh, sure. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Um, um, I work at Rudy's Bar. And... Uh, I manage it and bartend there, there through Monday through Thursday, and uh, a long-time Yankee fan. Um, been there, been a Yankee fan my entire life, and uh, I'm happy to be on the call. Well, we appreciate you very much coming to uh, brief us about the Yankees. I, I know that some Mets fans uh, pay enough attention that they they may know what's going on, uh, but. You know, you guys have had some injuries. I, I know I know enough about it uh, through you that you haven't had a lot of star players on there, but you're still right in the thick of it. So just, you know, give us a little bit of a briefing about the 2009 New York Yankees. Well, as you said, the, the New York Yankees um, have had a lot of injuries, but at the same time, they have a lot of depth in their organization. So they've been able to bring up a lot of guys to their farm system and, uh, have been really able to excel in uh, 2019. So, so yeah, they, they've, they've been pretty good so far this year. So who are some of the names that Mets fans might not know about that, that you think have really shined while people like Judge and and Stanton have been on the DL, on the IL? Well, I mean, there's guys like Clint Frazier and Glaber Torres who, uh, who are young guys that uh, – that, that, that have uh, the Yankees have acquired that are young that uh, have, have entered their farm system but uh, have really uh, done well and uh, taken uh, taken the lead role as some of these other players have been hurt. Well, that yeah, and and it seems like Brian Cashman did a really good job a few years ago of replenishing the farm system after uh, uh, it kind of got depleted with with some of these trades. Well, which is true. I mean, Brian Cashman has been a, a, a genius. He's probably one of the best GMs in baseball at the, at the present time. Um, I know he had that deal with Chapman where he was able to uh, – I believe he got Clint Frazier from that deal, and then they got Chapman back, which was like a brilliant move. Um, I mean, the Yankees did, had like a, a mini rebuild season. I mean, it, was, it wasn't very long before the Yankees were uh, back in the back in the World Series uh, – almost made the World Series uh, two years ago just with that deal. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, things things have been pretty pretty good for the Yankees. I mean, maybe a little bit of luck, but, uh, I mean, it seems like the Yankees and the organization uh, know what they're doing. 
Yeah, it seems like, like, you know, it might be luck. It might just be actually good baseball acumen, but it might be a combination of both, like you said. So uh, it, it, are there any names that might be like sleeper sleeper hits that, that uh, we, we are completely unfamiliar with, uh, other than Frazier and other than Torres, who obviously have made uh, uh, some some waves over the last couple of years? Um, to be honest with you, I uh... – I, 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 I don't know their farm system that well, but uh, it seems like Brian Cashman keeps uh, pulling people out of the out of the woodwork, you know? I mean, like, they were able to get Voight last year for, for like, a bag of balls. I mean, they got him for nothing, and he's uh, one of the top sluggers in the league right now. So, I mean, it, it's kind of unbelievable. I mean, the Yankees are just able to, to, with their scouts, find these guys that, like, maybe an organization wasn't uh, particularly, like, fond of or maybe, like, trying to play them in the wrong position or they, they, they just weren't using them correctly or maybe they just needed a change of environment. But the Yankees have been pretty good over the last couple of years in uh, trying to finding these guys. You know, Aaron Hicks is another example of a guy that, that uh, where, where nobody really uh, wanted him and the Yankees are potential. And look who he is now. He's a star. He's a star in the Yankees. He's a star in the major league. Right, exactly, and they they seem to be picking these guys. It's just what like like Didi Gregorius is another one that yeah. is undervalued is undervalued elsewhere and comes here and just and I think also you know you didn't see the power with Didi Gregorius beforehand, but he's able to take advantage of of that porch. He knows what's there, and and he he's he's been able to hone in on pulling the ball down the line. I would say. So, but Didi Gregorius has been injured lately. Who's been a shortstop for you? Well, there's been a – it's sort of been a, a little bit of a revolving door, but, you know, you got Torres. Torres was there. The Yankees signed that uh, guy, uh, uh, Tewitzki. I think I said his name wrong. But uh, he was hurt. He got hurt early in the year. Um, there, 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 there's been a couple of guys. It seems, it seems like they've been moving around a bit, but uh, – yeah, they, they they they've been able to shore it up, and now that he's back, like uh, I I think you're gonna see uh, you're gonna see some new things happen with the Yankees. Uh, there's gonna be something else that happens. I'm not quite sure what it is, but uh, I, I definitely think that uh, I, I definitely think you're gonna see big things coming coming out of the Yankees at shortstop soon. I mean. Uh, so how's your and you got your right Lemayhew. You, know? you got Lemayhew as well. I mean, Lemayhew has been a really huge star for the Yankees so far. Um, I, I, I think a lot of New Yorkers and American leaguers didn't really uh, American League fans didn't really know what Lemayhew could do, and I, I, I clearly didn't. And uh, that was sort of like an under the radar pick that I think the Yankees got with Lemayhew. I know we won a battling batting championship with the National League, but uh, like he's been absolutely phenomenal with the Yankees and. The ability for him to be able to play in multiple different positions is really uh, is really a big thing for the Yankees. And uh, like he's going to be playing every day, even though uh, Gregorius is back. Right. Uh, usually, your pitching is a little behind the curve. Uh, you know, your offense is able to kind of make make up for uh, uh, the fact that sometimes the pitching isn't. You know, uh, all, it, it does not excel like the hitting can. But this year, it seems like you guys have been getting some some uh, good starts from a lot of players. Yeah, well, I mean, the starting pitching has, has been a little questionable over the last couple of years, but they've always had quality starters. 
Um, the Yankees' bullpen is really where it excels and where a lot of other uh, teams, at, like, don't really excel. The Yankees have a phenomenal um, relief pitching staff, and uh, I, I think that it's probably one of the best in baseball. And um, we all know the pitching wins, late-game pitching, wins championships. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of big things come out of the Yankees in the next couple of months. Awesome, man. Uh, before we let you go, I just want to loop it over to Mike to see if he has any questions. Go ahead, Mike. Really no questions. I mean, I'm in a state of awe, to tell you the truth. I've been writing that last summer that I, I thought up to that point, up to the trade deadline, uh, Brian Cashman had turned in one of his best performances ever, uh, and that's before everything transpired in, in October. But that's just baseball. you know. So here they are in yeah. the first place. It, it, it you know it's it, it's if you're a Yankee fan it's wonderful how they've achieved the success minus their primary and superior players. Uh, like I said, I, I'm just yeah. in awe of the job that he did since last year. Uh, you know this year uh, his job is still to come. You know leading up to the trade deadline still remains to be seen. I'd like to see what rabbit he's going to pull out of his hat. So I guess that would be my question: What rabbit do you think he'll pull, pull out of his hat come this uh, trade deadline? Well, I keep thinking that Matt Scherzer might be a guy the Yankees might acquire. He's a he's a big name player on a team that uh, could could at the at that point in the season or towards the deadline might be out of it. So I, I think like he's he's a name the Yankees might be interested in or might try to get. He's he's a guy that could put the Yankees over the top, and I think he's a guy that maybe Brian Cashman is saving some of his money for. On top of that, Sam, I'd only add on top of everything that Neil has already stated, that, uh, you know, a year ago they were running Gary Sanchez out of town, and I think he was one of the main cogs uh, in the season so far. Uh, he's played a steady role behind the plate and with these pitchers and at the bat. You know, he's kept the, the, the Yankees minus all their other guys right up there in front. Yeah. So well, uh, th- thanks, for, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, listen, I'd love yeah, to be back on uh, – some other time, but uh, I, I really appreciate uh, you having me on. It was great talking to you guys. Um, I hope it's a great Subway Series. Same here, man. And, and uh, everybody out there has got to go get a hot dog and a beer at Rudy's Bar and Grill and, and say hi to Neil. All right, thanks, Neil. Have a good one. Say hi to the family. All right, All right. thanks a lot, guys. Bye. So long, Neil. So I'll, that's actually a good segue because for the longest time, uh, Mike, Outside of Rudy's Bar and Grill, it's said on the outside of it, uh, you don't have to go to Yankee Stadium for a hot dog and a beer. And for all of you out there who don't know, Rudy's is the cheapest place that you can you can get alcohol uh, at a bar in New York City, I would say. You can get a shot in a blonde beer for $5. You can get a pitcher for 8 a pitcher for 10 uh, and And with every drink you get, you get a free hot dog. It's the only grill there. So... I highly recommend going to Rudy's Bar. It's one of the best dive bars you'll ever be at. Can't beat it with a stick. Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, Mike, I, I know that you were going up to Red Sox-Yankees. Did you did you make it to any of those games? I did. I made it to three out of the four. Uh, the game on Thursday was rained out. So, you know, you, you just said a lot uh, about what you've seen from this team. Is there anything else you could add from having watched them recently? 
Well, you know, it, it's a general manager's dream come true. And you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this anecdote. Last year I went to Boston. It was the series immediately following the Yankees-Red Sox series in Boston in which uh, third baseman, third base coach Phil Nevin got into that verbal exchange with Alex Cora. Uh, so I, I guess I was there for the Red Sox-Orioles series. And over the weekend I listened to guys on W. Uh, EEI, their sports talk radio show over there, or station, I should say. And I won't say who or whatever, but there, there were two two hosts in particular, and on their show, they accused of Aaron Boone not having a pulse. And I didn't make a decision one way or another hearing it. I, it just it's, it's just something that stuck with me. And every so often, I would remind myself of what those guys said in watching the Yankees. And, you know, it, Continued throughout the summer, and in the back of my mind, I always kept what those two guys said, that Aaron Boone didn't have a pulse. And there were many times where I agreed. Uh, and then going into the postseason, well, I, I I was left with nothing to persuade me from thinking otherwise. This season, can't say the same. Uh, the man has shown me a pulse. Not only has he shown me a pulse, the guy's Squirting blood everywhere. He's alive and well. I, I think. Well, he's 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 winning. He's winning me over is what I'm trying to say. And I, I you know, I, I think he's a a very affirmative personality in that dugout and the way he's handling them. You look at what he was, was dealt with this season. Other managers might have crumbled uh, with all the injuries that they sustained. You know, we as Met fans, we complained about everything that we go through and have been through. Uh, but this guy's entire roster was decimated, you know, but they plugged all those situations up with call-ups and whatnot, and, uh, you know, he got them all singing on the same page of music, sprinkle in a little esprit de corps, and look, they're in first place. You know, I'd only add that nobody talks about Tampa, unfortunately. They're tied for first right. place with the Yankees, but for all their efforts. Uh, you got to give the Yankees all the credit in the world for what they've achieved here on uh, or through June 9th. Yeah, and and it's it's interesting that you say that because they uh, I think last year they were in the wild card game against Oakland, correct? Uh, yes. Right, and then they went pretty soundly uh, against what was it the who who is Boston, of course. In the it, first it was round. against Boston in the it ALDS. Wasn't, it wasn't much of a rivalry. It wasn't much of the usual rivalry. Well, you know what? I, I wish I would have said this, but I, I think it was somebody on ESPN or whatever. Yeah, it was. I, it might have been ESPN where they said last year the Red Sox really kicked their feet up at Yankee Stadium because, after all, they did celebrate in their clubhouse twice. Once to clinch the division, right. and then when they won the ALDS. So, uh, you know, as far as the rivalry is concerned, I thought that was pretty sweet, you know, when other teams come in and dance on your grass. I remember there was the whole uh, Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Judge playing uh, uh, New York, New York in the, yeah, the halls of Pittsburgh. And that yeah, completely bad which I really I got a kick out of. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think the media ran away with that one. I don't think it's much of a big deal, but yeah, it was, it was fun. You know, it's a fun narrative. It makes the time go. It makes the season, you know, that much more memorable in, in anecdotal form, I guess. Well, but these things carry over because what Red Sox ended up doing after that was 
singing, you know, trolling the Yankees by singing yeah. the same thing, except I believe it was in their clubhouse. Yeah. In trolling there's a lot of fun yeah. for me to follow. You know I have Red Sox ties. I'll leave it at that. Uh, so it was a yeah. lot of fun to follow. Yeah. But let's get back to the Mets-Yankees, huh? Oh, for sure. Uh, and, and and this is how I'll segue back over to that. We were talking off air uh, how it always seems to line up like this, that the Yankees are struggling a little bit. Now, now obviously, they, they were able to salvage two series. Uh, they didn't get swept by any means. Uh, uh, today they, they had a, probably a pretty – uh, uh, inspiring win in extra innings uh, after giving up the lead in the ninth inning. Um, and, and, you know, just to get a little good feelings going into uh, the, you know, a very heated uh, energy when it comes to the Subway Series. And But it always seems like they're struggling uh, right before facing the Mets, and the Mets are always playing a little bit better. And just and, and all I can be – even as, as optimistic as I can get, I'm always like, oh, well, here it goes. We're, we're you know, it's going to be a letdown. Uh, uh, Jason Vargas is going to give up a first row bleeder into the seats, as many do at Yankee Stadium. Uh, but what what are some reasons do you think to be optimistic about the Mets going into these two game series? These two games, uh, this two game series, excuse me. Well, I think desperation rules the day right now. Uh, there's a lot to play for, and there's a lot of jobs at stake as well. You know, this is a situation where the Mets, once again, they got off to a good start, you know, not a great start, but a good start in April, and which has been there fashionably the last couple of seasons. You know, they tail off in May and they tail off in June. It's been their Achilles heel. Uh, so I do think there's a sense of desperation and, you know, there's a sense of accountability and maybe they do like Mickey Calloway, and they are trying hard for him, you know. Maybe they don't want to see him fired. Uh, ultimately, when managers do get fired, players know. <laughs> ultimately, you know, nine out of ten times, the reason was because of them. You know, and they wind up changing their right. race for the next guy that comes in. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, but there's definitely a sense of accountability in that clubhouse. I'm I'm sure of that. And I think they want to, you know, they want to do well. They want to go out and play well and perform and do well for Mickey and, and, you know, get this thing turned around. I'm sure of that. Uh, you know, look, Syndergaard has spoken uh, publicly on Mickey Calloway's behalf, you know, not too, not too long ago. Yeah. So that that's a, that's a positive sign, uh, but if I had to pick one word to you know uh, encapsulate the whole situation, I would say desperation. Uh, desperation rules the day, and and that's a good thing. It doesn't have to be a scary thing or an you know uh, an ornery or, or excuse me ornery presence in the clubhouse. Uh, it, it can serve as positive motivation. The Yankees are funny in the sense that you know they stumbled out of the block. But with their first 20 games, you know, they don't perform too well. And then all these injuries, you know, a domino, a domino effect took over. Since then, you know, they've been winning 75% of their games. It's only now and it's only recently uh, that they've somewhat flattened out over the last 10 games. And uh, they lost two series, two straight series, teams that should have otherwise, you know, taken uh, victories over. So, uh yeah, they might have slowed down, and the Mets might be speeding up after two series victories. And uh, you know what? Once, in a, once in a, an occurrence, twice is a coincidence, three times is a trend. 
So, Sam, I think you got it now. Well, you know, and, and I go back to what I said in the last podcast, too, that, you know, they're winning at home. This is not an issue as it's been in other seasons before. Um, you know, specifically, I think, since 2012. I know they, they, they fared pretty solidly in 2010. And similar to this season, they were a substantially under 500 team on the road. And so now comes the challenge of facing your city rivalry, your city rival, excuse me, uh, on the road. And this, you know, it, it, it was nice to see they, they face a Giants team that's struggling, but a Rockies team that is performing rather well and trying to win, uh, uh, to, I believe, have unprecedented three winning seasons in a row. And I'd have to obviously go back into baseball reference to see if that is indeed the case, that they've never as a franchise, had three winning seasons in a row. The Rockies have a crazy good offense, and it was nice to see if we're going to segue over to wrapping up the uh, the homestand uh, talk, that Thor really threw the hammer down today to uh, speak in cliches. Um, I, you know, I think that a lot of, it, 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 a lot of people uh, have, have been giving him, uh, not cutting him any slack, Last game, he got taken out too early, which was a, a, a big, uh, very much reported on, just because of the way, you know, uh, uh, Mickey's been going. And also the fact that Mickey afterwards, uh, you know, admitted fault, not only to him, not only to the reporters, but to the team themselves. Um, and, you know, I think Syndergaard's been trending back to normal. Uh, and I didn't actually – I wasn't able to watch the game today, but what I heard happen was that his full arsenal was out on display today. Uh, did you get a chance to watch today's game? Uh, in and out, very few very few uh, parts of the game. But what I will say is over his last seven starts or so, uh, you know, if you look at the trend, he's been trending very well, as you say. So, uh, yeah, keep stringing these together, and uh, his tough boy attitude will match his performance, you know, because for some time, uh, you know, the two haven't been uh, on par with each other. Exactly. Uh, and today it certainly was right there. Uh, he he shut them down. I believe I, – I forget who was pitching in the ninth inning, uh, but that was the only run that the Rockies could muster up. Todd Frazier, man. I mean, talk about going from in the doghouse to, you know, uh, uh, leading this team offensively right now. I mean, his average has to be up to like 260. And for Todd Frazier, obviously I think he's a streaky player. uh, But it's pretty impressive what he's able to do when we were just – we were calling for his head as recent as like two, three podcasts ago. Uh, we were. We most certainly were. Uh, but look, the guy's a professional. We've never taken that away from him. He's also outperformed J.D. Davis to this point. And J.D. Davis has, uh, I don't know, maybe 30 more at-bats than, than Frazier at this point. So, uh, you know, he's been hot. He's been very hot lately. I think uh, he's going on a full month where he's just on a complete tear and his OPS is over nine. Uh, so, yeah, all credit where it's due 
And, you know, the Mets should continue playing the hot hand. I, I, I've never necessarily been against the guy. I just never believed he fit within what the con- uh, of the context of what the Mets should have been doing. That's only that that's my only gig, you know. So sometimes I don't feel like guys like him fit. I, I'd rather see that position go to a young guy and let's develop him. Uh, but and, and we don't have that guy. So you know, a guy like Todd Frazier is going to be an instrumental in what the guys what the Mets do. Uh, and he's doing he's been doing well. What can I say? Defensively, you know, and, yeah. you take that to you take that out into the field every inning. You know that doesn't go away. Offensively, like I said, he's been on a tear for at least a full month now, if not a month and a week. Uh, so hey, all, all credit to Todd Frazier. It's just that before it was this, the redundancy that we had at certain positions. Not to say that it's gone away. But here we are now, you know, entering mid-June. Performance is starting to speak for itself. So, obviously, if he keeps performing like this, he's obviously the man you want in the lineup. And J.D. Davis is just going to have to sit idly by and watch. That's, you know, that's the unfortunate reality of the situation. I'm not waving my pom-poms for one guy over the other. You know, I just want the best guy out there. And today, J.D. Davis did collect a hit. Uh, it was a little bit of one of those uh, triples that are from, you know, a diving a, a diving attempt that gets by uh, from the center fielder for the Rockies. And, and he, uh, J.D. Davis was able to collect his first major league triple. So uh, uh, congrats to him for sure. Um, I, I think that I, I know that some people were wondering, like, you know, it's it, this is where the fine balance of of, of clubhouse, of of offense, uh, of defense, and what Todd Frazier actually, if he continues to perform this way, brings to the table. And, and but at some point, I mean, the thing is, is that the, I think the biggest issue right now, especially like I said on the road, is the bullpen. And if there's any chance to make a trade at some point to be able to get uh, an arm, you have to wonder who gets traded. You know, who do you use? Because you can't I, – I don't think they can afford, after replenishing the farm system with the draft, to trade anybody young right now. Um, so you have to wonder who on the major league roster, like somebody like Dominic Smith, somebody like Todd Frazier, could potentially be – a part of any trade uh, trade going on if the Mets are there by the trade deadline. Uh, and, and Dominic Smith has has been so important as the piece off the bench. And, and you, you have to wonder, as much as obviously, you know, Pete Alonso is running with the first base job and, and also his defense has been spectacular, I, I think that he got taken out either – I think it was yesterday when Mickey Calloway got thrown out. He said he wasn't going to be taking Pete Alonso out for defense anymore, but Jim Riggleman did. Um, and you, you, you have to wonder, like, trading somebody like Dom, trading somebody like Todd Frazier, is that going to mess with the chemistry too much? Because, you know, when we say chemistry, we're not just talking about the chemistry off the field. We're also talking about the way everything's meshing on the field. So, you know, before we wrap up, what do you think of all that? There's something to be said for all of it, Sam. I don't disagree with anything you say. 
you know, when it comes to chemistry and leadership and whatnot, that's where Todd Frazier comes in. And I don't begrudge him that. He's good at that. Look, throughout this whole poor spell that he's endured, you know, to start the season, he always kept his head up and he always took the high road. So there's definitely something to be said for that. Uh, if you're going to trade anyone, you know, I, I think people would take Todd Frazier. I think they would take, a, a, you know, a, a short-term gamble on him for a, a playoff stretch. But I also think J.D. Davis is something someone you can flip as well. Uh, in his limited time, he's, he's shown a little bit of proficiency, not so much in the field. But, you know, if you move him back to the American League, I'm sure somebody might, you know, uh, find it worthwhile involving a relief pitcher, you know, if they want to be gained. Uh, but the bullpen definitely needs to be improved. And as you say, the road record definitely needs to be improved. If they can, you know, muster some aid in that respect, I think they'll be okay. And let's see what they have and who they are entering the dead zone. So, having said that, before we leave, with knowledge of what their road record is, and for all of those out there that don't know, it's 13-22. and 22. Do you take a split? Or are, obviously we would love to see a 2013-type situation uh, specifically short-term, of course, uh, where the Mets go into Yankee Stadium and they sweep it, even though it's a shorter series than the 2013 one we're talking about. Um, but do you take a 14-23 and 23 record going out of the out of Yankee Stadium? Well, you know what? I'm looking at it this way. They're, a game, they're entering this season a game of the 500. I'd like to see them leave the Bronx, you know, at or above 500. So what does that entail? Right. You know, so I guess I'm asking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that that only entails. Well, let's see. If if they win tomorrow, they're 500, and if they win the right. next day, obviously they're over 500. So if they lose tomorrow, then they have no chance of being 500 leaving Yankee Stadium. Right. So I, I it's it's fascinating to me the way that it, that's just how important. Weirdly enough, obviously. There's such a difference between, like, like uh, for instance, 2012, the Mets had a chance to be a half game up on the Nationals, uh, but blew the game with Bobby Cornell on, on the, uh, the mound, and they were one and a half behind instead. That's a big difference. That's a two-game flip, you know? And, you know what? And it's just – that's what I love about baseball. And you got two motivated teams out there. Like I said, the Mets are playing out of uh, one sense of desperation, and the Yankees are playing out of a different sense of desperation. Like I said, they're only, you know, for all they've uh, for all they've achieved this season, they're tied with Tampa, and nobody talks about that. Everyone still stays focused on the Red Sox, but the Rays are right there, giving them all kinds of hell, you know. So they're motivated to win as well. Uh, you know, they want to break that. That, that that tie with Tampa, and they'll be motivated in the Bronx, and, you know, they'll be looking to bubble the Mets. So it ought to be That's fun. That's for sure. And with, you know, with uh, um, our uh, much maligned Travis Darnot leading the fray with a home run this weekend against uh, uh, against Boston and the Green Monster. Yeah. What kind of reaction do you think the uh, reception, I should say, what kind of reception do you think Robbie Cano will get in a Mets uniform? Great question. Um, it's not, I mean, and this is something that, that we're going to have to get a little bit more in depth when we have more time, but there was an article about the rehab facilities down in Florida being 
not all that good. Uh, and and I think that's something that I, I don't want to tangent with right now um, because I, I, I think it brings up a whole – it opens up a can of worms regarding the Wilpon and a, a place that we sometimes don't even recognize as a, a reason why baseball should consider the type of job or lack thereof the Wilpons are doing running an organization. But <laughs> – the question, the reason I brought that up is, will Robinson Cano now back on the DL today uh, be in in Yankee Stadium? Good question. Uh, that remains to be seen. I guess uh, we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, I, I'll have to look up whether he's uh, immediately going down to Florida to rehab that. Um, but, uh, again, that's, that's something that will – Bob uh, Clappish, I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly, Mike? Yeah, Bob Clappish. Yeah. Uh, he wrote an article for Bleacher Report kind of detailing how it's just not uh, a situation uh, that is proper to major league rehabbing uh, down there. And that might that. also yeah. be – yeah, that might also be a big reason why uh, we – we see these injuries continue to linger. So uh, that's something to keep monitoring and something to, to think about when it comes to the way this organization is run. But uh, well, without further ado, he laid, since he laid it ahead, right sorry, at the feet of Jeff Wolfon and says he has no interest to change it. Yeah, and uh, it, it's quite the um, non-analysis, non-self-analysis, if you will. Uh, but Mike, you know we're 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 keeping it short on this uh, Yankee preview, so I will uh, send it over to you for our last word. Let's go Mets. You know, let's uh, put everything else aside and just just enjoy two games of Subway Series. You know, the summers were meant to be fun, and uh, here we are. So yeah. just have fun over the next two days, no matter what happens. Just enjoy the games. Well, speaking of which, I am looking to my left, and I see the skyline of Manhattan. I'm looking to my right, and past the tip of Manhattan is the Bronx. Uh, as I finally get through the crazy, ridiculously stupid traffic, and the roads open up on the George Washington Bridge, uh, that is my last word. I love this city, I love this town, and I love when these teams face each other. Everybody enjoy the Subway Series. If you can get up there, go do so. Uh, take in some baseball, take in some New York baseball, and without further ado, let's go Mets. Thanks, everybody. Let's go take Mets. care. Good night. Thanks to Neil. Thanks to Neil and Kitty.